Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Folks, this is the initial episode, the, the very first episode, the premiere episode. The premiere. Of Sully and Stone. Crowley Sullivan here with my man Jay Stone. Stone, are, is your mic hot? It is red hot. This this mic's been waiting to go for a couple weeks, and uh, let's let you know I, I I'm flying right now, ready to go. My mic's been ready to go my whole life. Check two. Is this thing hot? Am I coming through? Sound great to me, my friend. It's sounding right. good. Mission number one of Sully and Stone is to save the world. Nobody's asked us to save the world specifically, but we do want to save the world. Um, superstar badass Amanda Boyk is our producer. She's right behind me. If this uh, was a V-cast, you'd be able to see her in all of her splendor. She's helping us press the buttons and move the levers and so forth. Um, she's going to be an integral part. We're going to be talking about college football, college sports, all kinds of things. Um, but I do want to remind people, as I will throughout, saving the world is mission number one. Stone, are you ready for the rundown? I'm ready for the rundown, but I want to say one quick note about saving the world. Our world got a little bit darker, so we really need to save it because I assume, Crowell, knowing you, the loss today of the great Norm MacDonald has really hurt me badly. I am that a is, huge Norm MacDonald guy. Huge. Uh, wow. I was did you not, know that? I, oh, I did know this, and I was not expecting to talk about it, but this is a great example of why this program is, is going to change the world and save the world. Norm MacDonald. Yes. As Dave Canadian. Like to refer to him. He, he emphasized the Mac. Norm MacDonald. There was no better Saturday Night Live weekend update man than Norm MacDonald. His humor, his delivery, his overall perspective. He was brilliant. Brilliant. That's a loss. I agree with you. His style was absolutely brilliant. I want to point out three things for our loyal listeners to pull up on YouTube that they that are must see of Norm MacDonald. Number one, the iconic Last Letterman show where his stand up there, where he does the whole thing on World War and it, one of the funniest bits ever. Phenomenal. Number two, I saw today for the first time an old Conan O'Brien show where Courtney Thorne Smith is sitting next to him on the couch. Courtney Thorne Smith of Melrose Place. Of Melrose Place, plugging the movie Chairman of the Board with a carrot top. Great and picture. you should see how great, <laughs> great picture. How brilliant uh, Norm MacDonald was on that, uh, just butting in. And then um, there's one more that escapes my memory. But believe me, Norm MacDonald, God bless Norm. It's almost. You know, fitting never that Norm passed he, he away on a day that we go. start. He never, never should have oh been God. let go. We got we let go all, because Olmeyer was uh, in bed with OJ. Yeah, we and, all and, and he remember stuck. his depiction, his brilliant depiction of Burt Reynolds on uh, Celebrity Jeopardy with the big hat, Absolutely. chewing of the gum, and his reference to the hat. Yeah, yeah. it's a hat. It's big. I Norm just love Norm. Norm. Love him. Um, Miss him already. He really left a legacy. Love that man. God bless him. He he, he will be missed. So and by you. the way, what I forgot to say was the celebrity roast of Bob Saget. The two minutes that 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 Norm does on the celebrity roast of Bob Saget is phenomenal. Watch it again today. Hysterically laughing. Just great. I, I've watched um, everything that Saget's done, including every episode of Full House. 
also including every single episode of America's Funniest Home Videos. Saget <laughs> is one of the most underappreciated American entertainers of our time. Am I right? Not only are you right, but he has a tremendous cameo in an episode of Entourage that is one yes, of the funniest things I've ever He's seen. He's on a few times. Yes, he is yeah, great yeah. on Entourage. I mean, he is... And, He's just as foul mouthed in real life as he is on Honorage. I mean, his stand up, I mean, it's the F word every other word. I mean, by the way, um, Saget on America's Funniest Home Videos, his finest moment was when he revealed the summer long competition for the number one funniest home video that had been submitted over like a seven week period. Do you remember what it was? In I, I would absolutely not know. I, I, you know, I, America's Home Funniest Videos was not on my uh, Saget list. Oh, it was. I mean, are you my, serious? You watched that show? Of course, I watched that show. And Jeez. the winner from night, the summer of nineteen ninety six was Bath Time Dog. <laughs> it was a. It was a. It was a. What was the dog doing? Well, the dog bath? was being yeah. given a bath. Yes. And this yeah. dog had the temerity <laughs> to jump out of the tub and then just. Get soap everywhere, all over the house. The kids were running all over the place. There was chaos. Well, you remember in The Jerk when Shithead jumped out of the tub um, to come find, uh, you know, Steve Martin. Sort of like that, it sounds like. Well, a lot like that, except nothing like it. But great reference, nevertheless. Nothing at all. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, you're familiar with this, Amanda? Wait, Amanda, you saw this? No, I'm just laughing at the fact that he said that. It's exactly like this, except not at all. 1996, I was two years old. I did not see it. Well, you, you should check it out. Go on go on your computer machine. Computer machine. Press the buttons. And just I, I bet you all you have to type in is bath time dog, and it'll pop up. I feel like I should. Now, educated. Stone, let's get down to business here. By the way, once again, thank you for bringing up Norm MacDonald. Um, uh, Ohio State uh, and Oregon. Uh, l- let me just state for the record going forward, um, Ohio State will forever, by me, within this broadcast, be referred to as Columbus. Uh, people in Columbus don't cheer for Ohio State University. Excuse me, the Ohio State University. They cheer for the team that plays football in Columbus. It isn't as if there's some sort of like a passion for the university and the campus and like people's experiences there, they're all cheering for the Columbus Buckeyes. So Stone, can I, at the very outset of us getting into this venture, just be, are you okay with me referring to them as Columbus here to four? I'm okay with whatever you want to refer to whenever you do, but on my, you know, I will refer to them as Ohio state. That's what's the beauty of our hosting. You're, you're, you're our co-hosting here. You will refer to the people as you want to refer to them. And I will refer to as I want to refer All to right. but Good. we both so, have a lot of thoughts on that ball game. I know that. Yeah, we do. Columbus is in trouble. Um, and I, a lot of people are talking about what the state of the program and all that kind of stuff. Um, the, the, the real story there, of course, is the fact that Oregon pretty much took it to Columbus from the start of the game until the end. However, I want to talk about something a little bit more broad, okay? I'm going to go back to the year 2013, and I'm going to point out what Columbus has done in big game situations. And what we can do here is examine a comparative 
between Columbus and the other elite programs that the Columbus fans think they are right in line with. Don't get me wrong. Columbus is a juggernaut, has been a juggernaut, really always will be a juggernaut. But let me just rattle some things off to you, Stone, okay? Fire away. They're supposed to just walk away with the national championship. They get punked in the Big Ten championship by Michigan State, 34-24. And then we were there Thompson. together. Then they, yeah, we were at that game together. Then they Phenomenal. Lose now, even in the year when they win the national championship in 2014, which is seven years ago now, it's not like it's three years ago. It's not like it's 20 years ago, but it is seven years ago. And they are Columbus. They lose at home to Virginia Tech. Now, they go on to win the national championship, so good for them. 2015, they are steamrolling through their schedule. They're two games away from the college football playoff. On senior day, at home, they lose once again to Michigan State. Michael Geiger windmills down the field after converting the last second field. 2016, Columbus loses to unranked Penn State 24-21. And then in the, the college football playoff semifinal, they lose 31 to nothing. 2017, early in the season, game two, I believe, they lose at home to Oklahoma 31-16. Two-thirds of the way through the season, they lose at Unranked Iowa, brace yourself. Blowout, blowout. Fifty-five to twenty-four. Yeah. Blowout. Two thousand eighteen. They lose as the number three team in the nation at unranked Purdue, forty-nine to twenty. Two thousand nineteen. Okay, they lose in the semifinal to Clemson, twenty-nine twenty-three. Great game. Great oh, game. Yeah. Now and last year. They lose to Alabama 52 to 24, but now they lose again 35 28 at home against Oregon. Here's my broad point, and I hope I don't have to state it because I think it's pretty obvious. They don't just lose in these games, they lose big, they lose at home. And these are things that some of these other power programs just don't do. Your thoughts? I think you're being too hard on, on Ohio State. Um, you know, they do, they win a hell of a lot of ball games. Now the they big do. 10, they, has, they have without a doubt, the best talent in the big 10 that goes without saying, um, what me and you have discussed previously is certainly in play right now, which is the defensive side of the ball, their defense. You, you mentioned the defensive coordinator when we were talking previously. And as Kerry of today, Coombs and as is, of is, Kerry Coombs, I will go ahead and say this because one of the things that we're going to do on this program is just speak candidly. Yeah. Well, he's been reassigned today. Are you aware of that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. He is a he is a glorified high school football coach. He's also not the defensive coordinator in name, maybe, but he will not be making the defensive calls this week. He is he has been demoted. He does a really nice job of running around like his hair is on fire, getting everybody fired up. And I have a feeling that when he played football. He was the first one to run through the paper when the team <laughs> took the field. And then in the locker room before the game, he's great at getting these guys all fired up. But it has been clear since he's been the defensive coordinator, the 
opposing teams are just toying with him. Well, two notes on that. One, Ryan Day finally got the memo, apparently, because he, you know he's never been in a defensive meeting. He only thinks about his offensive schemes. He could care less about the defense. All of a sudden now, the heat's getting turned up a little bit, and now he's all of a sudden interested in the defense. That's number, that's number one. Number two, this Ohio State defense compared to previous years is, is very young. I mean, obviously, a lot of talent, but really young. I mean, no experience. I mean, you look at that lineup. You know, guys are leaving early, and you listen. Ohio State's used to guys leaving early, but they didn't fill the spots very well. You watch that defense. Minnesota shredded them for thirty-one, as you said, and of course now at home, Oregon gets thirty-five. And you made another point, which I totally agree on. When we were t- speaking uh, previous to this conversation, is they got their ass kicked on the offensive and defensive line. I mean, they physically got manhandled, and and Oregon wanted it more. Mario Cristobal came in there with a game plan, and they kicked their ass. And uh, you know, Ohio State's not used to that happening, but I got a feeling it's just one of a few that's going to happen in this regular so, season. All right. This yeah. is the worst so, Ohio State team I've seen in years. So, Ryan Day, this is Ryan Day's third full season. And do we really even, I know we're not supposed to say that last year was a fake season, but it was. It didn't count. That last year was garbage. And this is Ryan Day's third full season. Are we allowed to question whether or not Ryan Day really is a modern-day genius or is he a guy who stepped into a situation that Urban Meyer left for him, which was, I mean, like he served everything up to him on a silver platter, and now you're starting to see some leaks in the boat. I think it's too early to see leaks in the boat because his record, like you said, Urban left him a great program. And, 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 but Ryan Day was instrumental, I believe, in that offensive game plan with Urban. Now, you have that same parallel between Bob Stoops and, and Lincoln Riley. And, of course, Lincoln Riley's run with it. Uh, I think Ryan Day, certainly, the heat's been turned up more than it's been turned up right now than he's experienced. But we got more time to see what Ryan Day's got. I'm a, I, listen, I'm not a fan of Ryan Day. <laughs> I, uh, I think you're right. I think he's, you know, this golden child that's, you know, this brilliant offensive mind. And, uh, you know, I think he's, uh, there's a little humble pie maybe in the real near future because right now in the Big Ten East, I mean, I don't know if you're ready to call it, Crowley, but how many losses you got Ohio State for? So that was, you, you served that up to me before we move on to topic number two. Ohio State's going to lose three games this season. Lay them on me. Do we know which three already? I was, yeah. I, I, I'll give you my, my thoughts too. Why don't you, well, let's hear yours. Well, my thoughts are this. I think the best team in the Big Ten East is Penn State. I, I firmly believe that. I think when Penn State plays Iowa in a couple of weeks, boy, I can't wait to have that, that podcast uh, on that. Yeah. can't wait to talk. That means we, we, we love Iowa. I know both yeah. of us do. But uh, I think they're going to lose to Michigan, too. There you go. I think they'll lose to Michigan. I think Michigan will finally beat Ohio State this year as well. I mean, those two right off the top of my head. I, I think Michigan State can beat them. Why not? So, so yeah, we'll get to Michigan State. Obviously, uh, to all of our loyal listeners, we have a heavy lean to the Big Ten with the heaviest lean to Beast Lansing. Get used to it. Um, they're going to, Ohio, or excuse me, Columbus is going to, they've already lost one game to Oregon. They're going to lose to Penn State and they're going to lose to Michigan State. You have Michigan losing to Ohio State. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I do not. I think that will be Harbaugh's final. You know, finally get it done. I think All Michigan right, will beat Ohio State. There. This year. I'm making a note. We're moving. I've got on you marked down too. Two. All right. Yes, sir. Is Oregon indeed making its return to the mountaintop? And by that, here's what I mean: Oregon, for a stretch, people maybe even have forgotten. 
they were a juggernaut five team phenomenal and i i want to say 10 years then then uh mark helfrich came in and and it kind of you know went through a little bit of 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 i wouldn't even say a rough period just a little bit of a a, a downturn if still been you know a factor certainly in the pac 12 helfrich still appeared in the in the you know in the in the playoff you know, so I that's mean, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but you could see it, the cracks, you could see the cracks starting to come. Yeah. Certainly. However, Cristobal has really put his head down and you might be seeing the, the fruits of his labor is Oregon on the verge of reestablishing itself as one of the true elite programs. Yes and no. I do think that the recruiting that Cristobal has done out there, going in specifically into Southern California and bringing great, great five-star players, he's done a great job of recruiting. I think Oregon's program is certainly way on the rise right now, but to to anoint them uh, as the best team on the West Coast, I, I, I truly believe this. The best team on the West Coast currently resides with the old Oregon coach. UCLA is a better team right now than Oregon. UCLA is the best team on the West Coast. I agree with that. I think both of us predicted that UCLA would beat LSU. Well, season. I think UCLA is going to go on. Them. I mean, this is by far the best team Kelly's got. And he's got an experienced quarterback. He's got a really good running game. And you know, he's got, I, you know what I like about UCLA right now, Stone? I like how tough they are. They yeah. manhandled LSU in the trenches. And that's not normally Kelly's style. It's more right. finesse, more. Yeah, I, it, I agree. I, it was it's first of all, it's great to have teams on the West coast that we can even talk about. I mean, the, yeah, the last few years, the PAC 12 is such garbage. I mean, it's such yeah. a disaster that league. I mean, it's, it's beyond belief how bad that league has been. So to have to even be able to talk about the PAC 12 where we can stay up late at night on a Saturday night in, on the East coast and in the Midwest and actually see a game that means something. And then I'm going to throw it. BYU in there too. How yes. wonderful is it that we got a BYU? I mean, By the I was watching. I know Utah's you were still a good team. Don't Utah's don't, quality. Don't forget about Utah. I agree. I'm not sleeping on Utah, but BYU. I mean, the fans running on the field, as you call it, the Holy Tablet game, or, or the Golden what, Tablet game. Gold. We call that game the Golden Tablet. The Golden Tablet. And and I, of course, want you know the Holy War here uh, on my words. But boy, I mean, it's what a first. And oh, I'm just so excited about the season, crawl. I mean, it's been two weeks. We've been building up to do our first podcast, and now, I mean. We're already in the thick of it. Control We're in the thick yourself. of this thing. Control no, yourself. I, I, I save, can't. Save your I energy. can't. We've got a long season ahead. All right. Of Let's All move right. on to the next topic. Thank God you've calmed me down. Iowa. Oh. Iowa is for real. And oh. I know that the captain is going to disagree with us. I know that uh, our SEC friends are going to poo-poo Iowa. Iowa is for real. Very real in my eyes. That defense is the second best defense I've seen in the country without, with, with the exception of Georgia. That Iowa defense is, <laughs> they're going to be in every game, even if they don't play good offense. That you defense is phenomenal. You walked right into what I wanted to talk about, and it's Iowa's defense. Oh, Not only is Iowa's defense tough, and Iowa's defense is always tough. Here's what they have this year that it kind of has shocked me. Speed. Their defense is fast. Do you know, Stone, Look at this. In their two wins, each of which have been very impressive and, and totally dominant. Totally. Against Indiana, who, by the way, everybody thought Indiana was going to, you know, just, I, I don't know, like when top the, 15 the team ranked. I mean, yeah, people thought Indiana was, was the real deal. Game somehow. Yeah. Everybody needs to, you know, take a value on Tom Allen. 
Um, Agreed. Against Indiana, Iowa had a total of 233 yards. Against Iowa State, Iowa had a total of 173 yards. Those are hardly huge offensive numbers. Yet, they demolished each yeah. of those teams. They created three turnovers. A lot of turnovers. They Great field position. Incredible field position. Uh, Iowa, and they possessed the ball. Iowa, is, I think Iowa's going to win the Big Ten West. Agreed. And I think, I, I don't know if I'm ready to say this yet. You're leaning on it, though. I can't wait for You're going to say it now. You I'm think Iowa's close. a Big Ten champion. I'm pretty close. I don't. I'm not on that. I'm not there. I'm not there at all. I think Penn State's the best team in the Big Ten, period. I think Penn State will go into Iowa City on October 9th and win. What a game that's going to be. It's going to be phenomenal. Phenomenal game. I've been thinking about that game. I looked it up today, just dreaming about it already. Yeah, Penn State. So let's talk about Penn State and Auburn this week. Yes, let's. Let's talk about the hire, if we may, really quick, Crow. Sully on the hiring of Brian Harrison, which I happen to take a look at it because my thought is this, you buy out Gus Balzan, who by the way, deserved to be not, out, his name out. is not Harrison, by the way, it's Harson. Same thing. It, just like you call Columbus, Ohio state, whatever you want to well, call him. His name is whatever his name is because no one knows who the hell he is. And I'll tell yeah, you why they don't know who I think the that's hell he your is. point. He was at Arkansas state for one year. He got the gig at Boise state. His winning percentage at Boise was, I looked it up today. was approximately 780, which you would think is wonderful, which is an incredible winning percentage, except like his predecessor. Wonderful. Well, Chris Peterson's winning percentage was 880. And, yeah. and this guy's tying for the mountain division of the, in the mountain West, the mountain. I mean, I could not believe that Auburn hired this guy. I think it's so, a terrible. You know, hire. I have a theory on this. Yeah. What is your theory? Because I have a theory on who they should have hired. What's your theory? Well, first of all, Harson benefits from the Chris Peterson uh, factor. That's for sure. And Peterson, what he did at Boise State is is essentially unprecedented. It cemented his legacy as a coach who should be recognized as an all-time great. I'm not, I don't know if I'm willing to say he's a top 10 coach, but what he He's did a college is, football Hall of Fame coach. Yes, yes. Yes, he is. Agreed. However, coaches for a while that come after him, if they even do somewhat well, it will be overblown and, and over-recognized and overrated, and that's what Brian Harson did. Auburn made a lousy hire. He may go on to win the national championship, but you're Auburn. He's you're, not. He's not going to be winning any national championships. And you'll, you'll die when you hear who I think they should have hired. And I thought they were going to hire him because I know you're not a fan of this guy either. But you pay $21 million to buy out, you buy out Gus Malzahn. I thought Hugh Freeze was going to be the hire. I absolutely did. I, by the way, I think Hugh Freeze is a brilliant offensive mind. I'm a huge Liberty fan. I, this Liberty team is, is worth watching. And this others? quarterback, they're are, very are interesting. Are, very are, interesting. Are, are there others? Are there others worth watching besides Liberty? Are there other? You just said you're a huge Liberty fan. I am. Are there others? Off the, off the beaten path like Liberty that I watch? Yes. Coastal Carolina, BYU, and Liberty are my triumvirate. No, no, no. You're misunderstanding my question. Yeah. Amanda Boyk knew what I was ta- asking. She's asking if there's other Liberty fans. Thank you. <laughs> I don't even know anything about college football, and I got that. Come Do you on. hear that, Stone? Yeah, I heard, I heard the chiding I'm getting from over there in Las Vegas right now. But let me tell you something. Yes, there are other Liberty fans. Jerry Falwell Jr., for one, I can tell you. Uh, Hugh Freeze, 
I know you're fraud. not a Hugh Freeze man, but I tell you, he's a brilliant offensive mind. Brilliant. And Auburn going. I assume Crowell were together. Penn State winner. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Penn State handily, by the way. All right. USC Clay Helton. I've got one name. I got one too. Who you got? Dabo. Wow. That is unbelievable. I got one name too, and he is going to be the new head coach of USC next year. And that's James Franklin. It's going to break my heart, but James Franklin will be the new head coach of USC. I believe James Franklin is, is also overrated. Penn State has, they've been fine. They've done a good job. But that program was in a disaster when I he took understand, over. I get this all. is a guy that won at Vanderbilt. This is a guy that won at Vanderbilt. I understand that. But uh, let me just talk about Dabo for a second. Dabo has been the head coach at Clemson since 2009. He's not, I mean, can he keep up what he's been doing for another 10 years? Absolutely he can. That's the ACC, Crowley. It's a gift from God that he's in that league. What do you mean? Could he keep it up? They're paying him $12 million. He's got all five-star recruits. He doesn't have to beat anybody ever. Uh, and can you even imagine the thought of Dabo in Hollywood? It, How does that even play? Oh, I love it. I, oh, think I don't lean into that. Oh, and he's not going anywhere, Carlos. I mean, if Mama calls him home to Alabama, maybe he takes that job. You know, like Coach Bryant did. Maybe Mama calls him, but I, I don't see it. I, I think you're it. USC. You're you really are one of the top three. It's a phenomenal job. You 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 back up the Brinks truck. They are going to. His name's James Franklin. He'll be in there. He'll be there. Well, that opens up then a whole other. This is one of the things I love about this part of college football, the domino effect. Then who fills that role? Right. Let's move on to another coach. Are Are you aware of the fact that Brian Kelly is one win away from tying Newt Rockney's win total at Notre Dame? I am not, but that doesn't surprise me. I mean, you know, Kelly... This year is off to a kind of a crazy start, but he's been real solid. There's just no getting around it. Kelly's done yeah, a really, really good job there. Is there a college football program out there, let alone the most storied, most successful over the long haul program that cares less, in fact, has contempt for its coach that is about to become the winningest coach in school history? Well, you know Notre Dame. They they feel like they should win, you know, every, every game, every time. But uh, they're, they're fools if they don't uh, respect uh, what Brian Kelly's done. I mean, granted, well, the guy he only goes to the he's he, been to the playoff twice. It's amazing uh, what he's done. Well, okay, look, I'm talking about uh, Brian Kelly's ethos, and Notre Dameers care about ethos. They, they want to win, obviously, and they expect to win every game, and they expect to win every national championship. However, Brian Kelly basically tells nuns to get the hell out of his practice when they <laughs> show up. And Brian Kelly, just a friendly reminder, unfortunately, under his watch, a studio videographer, a student videographer perished. I've always wanted to know how he's still, uh, you know, in civilian clothes, let alone the head coach at Notre Dame. Well, that was obviously a horribly tragic thing that that the university (laughs) never should have been up there in 35 mile an hour wind and and all that. It's a uh, 
a tragic, tragic thing. But uh, Brian Kelly's done a phenomenal job there. I, it, you know, is he yeah, arrogant? He yes, he is arrogant. He's very arrogant. But uh, okay, hey, he's Stone, done a good job. We got, we're we're closing in. I have one. I have two words to say about Texas. Do you want to know what they are? I got a feeling I do. Over. Shut up. <laughs> I was going overrated, but shut up's even better. Two words. Just shut up. Just every, everybody. When it comes to Texas, the University of Texas, can everybody just please shut up? Yeah. I mean, it was great to see Arkansas. I mean, what a crowd, by the way. Well, they were wow, were they waiting in, in Fayetteville for this game? And they delivered. Wow. To see the great Sam Pittman standing there in all his glory. The great, the great Sam, Sam Pittman. Pittman. Oh, yeah, I, I love the, Sam the Pittman. Sam cannot, Pittman. cannot tell enough uh, Sam Pittman. Uh, Stone, we're going to wrap it up with a rapid fire. These are Stone's picks. Auburn at Penn State. Penn State giving six. Yeah, I love Penn State minus the points. Cincinnati at Indiana. Cincinnati giving three and a half. I like the Hoosiers. I think Indiana's going to win this game outright. I like Indiana on the money line to win it outright. Nebraska at Oklahoma, revival of the old <laughs> rivalry. Oklahoma giving 22. Well, any team that tried to get out of this game, tried to buy out of this game, begged not to play in this game, I, I, it would only be apropos if, if, uh, if, if uh, Oklahoma won by 50. So I, I'm saying 70-0, to zero, Oklahoma. Alabama at Florida. Would you, would you believe wow. that Bama has not played a football game in the Swamp since 2011? Quirky Alabama schedule. giving yeah. 15 and a half. Crazy. This game... I mean, I, I like Alabama to win. Is 15 and a half too many? I'm going to say it is. I would take Florida in 15 and a half, but I like Alabama to win the game. Most important game on the slate. Didn't get a chance to dig in a whole lot, but we'll do it on Friday. State U at the U in Coral uh, Not in Coral Gables. They don't play those games in Coral Gables. In South Florida, the U giving State. Six and a half points. I'm surprised by the line, Sully. I am very surprised by it. I thought it would be less. I don't think Miami's certainly shown, you know, well, Alabama will even just forget that game. But they didn't look very good against, and, and they were lucky to get out of the Appalachian State game. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I like State in the points. I think they have a very good chance to win this game. Uh, I, listen, unless Walker's just running wild right now, I, I like State in this game. I think State rides this momentum. And I think Manny Diaz is on borrowed time anyways. I think Manny Diaz, we'll be talking about him. I got a list here. We'll get to maybe Friday. Whenever you tell me we can, where I got a, I got four names right here that are about to lose their jobs. I mean, they superstar badass. Guys going. Yes. Episode one in the books. Do you think that people are recognizing that we're on the, on the path to saving the world? You know what? Not yet, but they will soon. Our loyal listeners out there have enjoyed this, Stone. I sure have. Episode one in the books. Out of here. Loved it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.